Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Good morning. Great to have your company. Off the Bench, Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazelby. We've got a huge show here from Fremantle superstar David Mundy and Swans assistant Dean Cox coming up a little later, but Hayes, first, let's do this. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Oh, it is the essential first step. Dial before you dig. And Hayes, I'm getting into the Fremantle Dockers. What a woeful performance against Geelong last week. I bet this week they're going to be a much more fierce opponent as they try and win the game for Dave Mundy, who notches game 350. And it was great to hear you and Carl have a chat with the Fremantle superstar earlier this week. For two interstaters to come over here and make Western Australia your home, with plenty of options to go back for both of you, but does the feeling of adulation that comes from not only Frio fans, it's from the whole state, outweigh any homesickness that you may have had throughout your career? I think the value in able to, um, you know, being, being able to stick it out in... Uh, somewhat more difficult circumstance than you know, perhaps local guys. Um, forge my own kind of career and my, my own pathway and begin my own family in a wonderful part of the world like Perth is. It's um, yeah, it's really valuable and and so I'm um, you know incredibly proud to be uh, a one club player to have been able to represent Fremantle for so long. Um, you know, I take great pride in that. Did you have that attitude though when you got your name called out being a, a boy from Victoria who played in the TAC Cup for the Murray Bush Rangers, probably grew up barracking for someone else. Um, pick 19 in 2003 National Draft. Do you remember the moment when your name got called out and how did you react? Uh, not specifically the moment. It was a very different process of the draft back then, but I was actually uh, informed through a text message from uh, Kane Turner, who was a, f- a fellow Murray Bush Ranger, went to Geelong at Pink 7 and uh, 6 or 7. And, um, yeah, I found out that way. And uh, I wandered out of my bedroom and uh, my dad was sitting on the kitchen bench trying to tune the radio into the draft and, and figure out what would happen. <laughs> and I told him and he was uh, he had my same reaction. We were just both over the moon and didn't have any kind of preconceptions about wanting to stay in Victoria or not go to particular states or anything like that. We just wanted to get on an AFL list and have a crack. And um, I remember um, my mum's a night shift nurse and um, I went in and woke her up. She'd worked the night before and um, I told her and she immediately bawled her. I started bawling her eyes out, um, burst into tears, which uh, happens to still at the airport to this day. So, um, yeah, very memorable day for uh, my entire family. It wasn't easy early on. You didn't walk straight into the team. And I heard a story that you told about Peter German and the spray that he gave you early on in your career. Of course, he was the coach of Subiaco at the time. Can you share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the process back back then was there was no affiliated waffle club. So all, all the interstate guys would come in and go into essentially a waffle draft and would be billeted out to play our uh, reserves football at different teams. And, and I ended up at Subiaco, which... 
Uh, it was quite fortuitous in the end. We won the 2004 Grand Final, uh, which is great. But, yeah, Peter German was our head coach back then and is renowned for a good spray. And um, certainly a lot of guys copped quite a few of them. And, and I don't think I got the worst of it um, by any means. But one particular day, we are playing a country game uh, up north somewhere. We are playing against Perth. And Michael Johnson, who was drafted uh, with me to Fremantle, was uh, a Perth boy. So I was actually playing on him. And he gave me an absolute bath one day. And... He was marking everything, kicking goals, um, you know, from everywhere. And he had an absolute blinder. And, and on the flip side of that, I had an absolute stinker. Arguably the worst game of football I think I've ever played. Uh, and after the game, so we lost the game. After the game, we go into the rooms. And as was Peter's uh, penchant back then, he ended up singling out, going through the entire team, just giving everyone a bake. And so I was about halfway along the line and dreading my turn as he's getting closer and closer um, and the essence of my bake was I don't know why Fremantle drafted you you're no good you'll never make it so yeah that's very memorable uh, Dave Mundy what a superstar of the competition he is can't wait to see him play game 350 tomorrow more from the Fremantle superstar next Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams Welcome back. We are speaking to David Mundy from the Fremantle Football Club who revealed his secret to his longevity in the AFL ahead of game 350. I jokingly say the secret is not to run too fast because I haven't <laughs> done too many soft tissue injuries. Um, I've been very fortunate. I've avoided big contact, um, you know, collision injuries. Um, you know, so I haven't done knees or broken bones or anything. Um, and I guess a fair bit of luck goes, goes with, that, with that, but um, you know, I've been able to get a lot of uh, training in, into my body through summers and been able to stack the work you know, from the time I walked through the door. So um, I feel like I've been able to build up you know, a fairly high level of resilience and resistance uh, within that and have a really keen understanding of where my body's at on any particular day now so that I can you know, somewhat tailor my training a little bit depending on how I've pulled up from games or how I'm feeling on a particular day. So, um, yeah, there's a few factors that go into it. Um, and, yeah, as I said, luck being amongst us. We have had a little bit of a, a running, sort of rolling joke sort of commentary when it comes to your blokes and kicking for goal, and I've always uh, put my house on Monday every time Monday gets the ball. You look, look so relaxed when you're shooting for goal, and I, I often say in commentary that a few of your teammates should just go down and stand next to David Monday and watch how he does it. Is there much banter that goes on between the boys, given at times how bad your goal-kicking has been? Because particularly here, mate, it's been unbelievably probably um, off target for most games this year. Yeah, as you said, particularly this year, it feels like, um, yeah, well, there's been a couple of games where we've kicked more goals than points, only a couple. And, you know, we end up coming out of those games and you look at the scoreboard and it's a bit of a celebration, you know. So <laughs> certainly an area of focus for us and um, something we, we really need to you know, dial in on. And we've uh, tried a few different modes of, you know, how do we best practice that under, you know, game day fatigue and, you know, the stress of having a set shot. Um, so hopefully the wheel will turn, but, yeah, we're certainly aware that it's an area of focus for us. Disappointing game, let's be honest, last week uh, for you and the team against Geelong, but you get a chance to atone for that. A big win against Sydney on the road would be a great tonic. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, horrible game last Thursday. No one's happy, obviously, with our effort and our output in that game. And uh, But the great thing about AFL football is the next week you get another crack at it and, you know, we'll, had a fairly good break now. There's been a bit of um, a few unknowns earlier in the week about you know where we're going to be playing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the group's now locked in and really focused on getting over the Gold Coast and, and playing 
Sydney, who are another really formidable team at the moment, they, they're in some really nice form and play a really solid brand of football. So there's another challenge, but we know that if we can you know, connect as a group and get our game clicking, uh, we're as good, as good as anyone. What a champion. What an absolute champion. David Mundy, 350 AFL games tomorrow against Sydney. I hope for his sake and the Fremantle supporters out there's sake that they get the win over the Swans. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Our next guest on the show, Hayes, a massive, massive man, a massive name of West Australian football. His name is Dean Cox. He's now at the Sydney Swans as an assistant coach who have had a really weird sort of week. They've been sent up to Brisbane in a hub. They're without their families. Their backs are against the wall, and they'll be trying to spoil the party against the Dockers for Dave Mundy's milestone. He spoke with you and Carl earlier this week. You've been probably pushed from pillar to post, but it hasn't affected the way that uh, you're playing on the football field. In fact, in a lot of ways, Coxie, looking in from where I sit, uh, it seems to have galvanised you because as a football team, playing some great footy at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's sort of been a little bit different, but I think from the hubs last year, we learned a hell of a lot when we were away for sort of nine weeks to what you should do, how you try and get the group together, give them time off um, to get them playing their best footy on the weekend. and. We sort of reviewed last year when we come into the hub about what we learnt. And the players have really adapted well and, you know, they're putting everything into training. They're enjoying their time as much as they possibly can, being away from, you know, family and their home. And they're producing on weekends so fast. So, you know, it's been really, really, really impressive. And the way they've handled themselves is, you know, a testament to their characters. Hey, Coxie, can you give us some insight into the nature around the start of the game last week against the Giants? Because <laughs> they lost players, you lost some good players, Keller Mills and Cunningham amongst that have been really good performers for you. But then also the yep. coaching masterclass from your man, John Longmire, who was emotional after the game, but it looks like he put a lot of thought into that and tried to G the boys up a bit before the game. Yeah, well, we, we got to the ground not knowing any different. Sort of got there about an hour 45 before the game, preparing uh, Charlie Gardner, our footy manager, come in and said, probably an hour 15 before the game that it looks like they've got a call from the AFL saying that the government say might be saying that there's no tier levels with the rugby game that they went to and they could miss um, straight away and have to do 14 days quarantine. So, um, yeah, it sort of threw the cat amongst the pigeons and we sort of just rallied as a coaching group. First of all, we had to ring players. We, did, we only brought um, the one emergency. So... We had to get the medical staff in and work out who was fit. The guys played the day before, um, who could handle it, what's best for their preparation. Um, did all that without even still knowing with the on-ground warm-up. We hadn't been told. Um, so at that stage, we had to try and work out what was best and said to the other guys, you better just isolate for a little bit just in case you you do get removed from the squad. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was an interesting one. Got the players in, sort of said who was playing, what had happened. Um, they sort of sensed with all us coaches running around that something was going on. So we addressed it as well as we could and, um, yeah, started a bit slow, but then the boys really rallied and, and performed well in the last probably two and a half quarters. That was the best thing about the win because you're blown off the park, to be honest, in the first half. It was yep. a bit embarrassing, yep. but you found a way to, to get back into the game. Uh, what changed? Was it just a mindset thing or was there anything tactically at half time that was spoken about? Oh, I think we started a sort of gain a little bit of momentum towards the back end of the second quarter. Our ability to probably win enough ball around the contest. They sort of smacked us there early in the first quarter and, um, you know, we started to level that up and get a little bit in front in that area, which which provided us some opportunities going forward. And, you know, then our forwards, certainly in that third quarter, I suppose we got some rebound off 
off our half back line and um, you know from there gave our forwards some really good looks and they converted some some pretty good shots. So the pressure from the scoreboard mounted and you know our boys got a lot of confidence from that. Sydney Swans assistant coach Dean Cox stays with us after the break. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Great to have your company. Welcome back to Off the Bench. We're talking with Dean Cox, Swans assistant. Hayes. Last time we spoke to you, Coxie, we talked about uh, your coaching ambitions. But uh, how are you enjoying working yep. with Horse and also Don Pike up there this year? I'm sure you'd be pretty happy that you get to work so close with those guys. Oh, for sure. I think you know when you've got a current senior coach and a and an ex senior coach to work alongside, they're they're different in the way they do things, and you know, and that's probably a good part about the learning process that you can get is to to pick ideas from both of them. They're very, you know, intelligent um, football brains. And, and the good thing about them is the dynamic that they that they bring to our coaching group. And part of it is, is um, you know, the experiences that they've had um, and they're not afraid to sort of pass them on and, and learn from them as well. So, no, nah, it's been a, it's been really educational for me this year and, and will continue to be so as well. Worked under Adam Simpson at West Coast, of course, as well. Probably done your apprenticeship, Coxie, haven't you? Might as well throw your hat in the ring for the Collingwood job. Why don't you? <laughs> Everyone's talking about Pike and no, all of these other recycled to... blokes. Why don't you have a crack? Okay. Happy doing what I'm doing at the moment, Carl. All right. <laughs> Good answer, Coxie. Good answer. Straight bat. We like that. And also, last time we spoke to you, it was uh, when Shannon Hearn went past your record. You played 290 games yeah. and you probably thought that was a lot of games. But Dave Mundy, you're coming up against him this week. Yes, I know. 350 games. And obviously, you did as much travel as he's done through your time at the West Coast Eagles, you must sit back and marvel at how he's kept going. Oh, for sure. You know, I tip my hat to him to, to be able to do what he's done and, and certainly now to still be playing the footy that he is. Um, you know, he's a real driving force throughout that midfield group and, you know, speaking to Longy for the times that I passed him, is the influence he has on that playing group is phenomenal and, um, you know, he's done it for a really long period of time. The standard hasn't dropped and um, hopefully he can have a little bit of a quieter one this weekend, but... Um, yeah, no, he doesn't look like he's slowing down either, so there might be plenty more left in him. Which Frio are you preparing for? Geelong Frio or Hawthorne Frio? The big difference. Yeah, I think you certainly have to prepare for the Hawthorne, the Collingwood one that they've beaten probably the last um, three quarters against Carlton. You know, they've made, they played some really good footy, gave them a start early. You know, obviously last week we've been in the same boat. We've had a down night or a couple of poor games and, you know, Frio responded really well after those. Um, so we've got to expect for that and them to get their hunt around the contest. Um, that's the way they play their best footy and we don't expect anything less from them. Hey, Coxie, when you work alongside a coach like Adam Simpson or a Justin Longmuir like you did, and then you go up against yeah. them as a coach, do you feel like you know a bit more about what they're going to try and do because of what they valued, I guess, as assistant coaches or senior coaches at that time? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, I think, well, I haven't been with Adam for four years, so I think the first probably couple you understand um, – what they might go to. Um, and Justin's been sort of obviously at Collingwood for a couple of years and then now at Frito. So um, the game sort of continually evolves. They've probably got their one or two things that they resort to, but, um, you know, whether it's in the ball movement side or the transition or the way they want to defend or what they do around the contest, that sort of ebbs and flows week to week. So um, their philosophies as an assistant probably change once you become a senior coach. Being a former great of the West Coast Eagles, when you pulverised them down at Alphabet Stadium the other week, did you feel sorry for them? <laughs> um, I was there to 
to do my role for the team I work for at the minute, Carl. So, um, <laughs> so that's I've been no. on the end of some of them as well. So, um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. We've all had some of those. Well, I remember that. Exactly right. a little bit Thanks. more than you probably across my career. Hey, how's the families going, mate? I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, your players trying to reunite with their families. How's that coming along? Yeah, it's sort of been a working progress. We've been away for a month now, and um, all the the wives and partners and, and kids got on the plane today, so they've still got to do 14 days in a Brisbane hotel. So they'll do that tough for a couple of weeks and then reunite with uh, with the whole team uh, come Friday, two-week time. So, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting for everyone. Um, obviously, it's not great circumstances in Sydney with everyone being in lockdown. So hopefully they can get up here and give the players a bit of a spark come towards the back end of the year and try to make it as normal as possible throughout this tough period. Dean Cox there. Thanks for your company on Off The Bench. Hayes and I will be back next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.